Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I am very pleased to introduce to you Patty Whitfler, who, along with her co-author, Tosha Score, has written a book entitled Listen. Five Simple Tools to Meet Your Everyday Parenting Challenges. That is a very interesting title. Welcome, Patty Whipler. Thank you so much, Dr. Brewer. You know, a just to name a book, Listen, and then let us know that it's about managing parenting challenges, it seems like there ought to be a lot more words and it ought to be a lot more complicated title. But you're saying that listening is perhaps an important key to effective parenting. Yes, it certainly is. It turns out that I think Dr. Haim Janot said many, many years ago, don't just do something, stand there. And I think he was kind of pointing to the fact that um, when we are less busy and more open to what our children are showing us and telling us, they relax and can feel closer to us. And that sense of closeness, that sense of connection between parent and child turns out to be actually the thing that lights up the brain and, you know, kicks it into full gear. So when children feel connected to us as parents or connected to their caregivers, um, that's when they can learn at their best. That's when they're at their most cooperative. Um, That's when they really can use their time in the world to keep thinking and moving forward and learning um, at a great rate. So this sense of connection is very, very important. And um, listening, I think, is the tissue of connection. It is how we receive one another, and it is how we feel received. Uh, So it's really important in human relationships, particularly between parent and child. So it certainly flies in the face of that very old adage that children should be seen but not heard. This is the reverse of that. And you, Patty, come to your own awareness after many years of working in this area. I I just want to share with the audience that in 1989, you founded the Parents Leadership Institute, and that evolved into hand-in-hand parenting. You've created booklets, videotapes, audiotapes, podcasts. It sounds like if if it was able to be created, you did. (laughs) (laughs) And you also co-authored Building Emotional Understanding and and created Understanding Tears and Tantrums courses. So again, you have been doing this work, focusing on this issue for many years. Were you surprised as you did this work about the value of listening? Uh, Yes. Well, yes and no. Um, I grew up loving playing with children and having lots of opportunity. Uh, My mother was disabled for part of, you know, part of our family's, part of my childhood, and so I wound up 
doing lots of being with the young my younger brothers and my sister and um I sort of knew that children deserved respect and that warmth really helped them a lot and that playing was really fun. Those are all things that are so nurturing for children. Um, and I was, I guess, possibly inclined to listen to children just because so many interesting things happened when they when I could. Um, but it's when I was a stressed out parent uh, myself that I sort of, stumbled upon the deep usefulness of listening both for myself so that I could, you know, clamber my way out of being feeling stressed and having that be a, a bad influence in my parenting and listening to my child. Um, there was one time, one inc- incident that I tell in the book in the very beginning when my two-year-old, he was almost three at the time, had really bad infection in both eyes. He had pink eye, and I needed to give him drops, and he was very infected, and I knew he was going to be terrified to have drops in his eyes, and I was trying to imagine how I was going to get the drops into his eyes if he was fighting me off, and I all I could think of was you know, laying him down on the bed and kneeling on his arms, you know, and and forcing his eyes open. And I just did not want to do that to him. I thought this is going to break trust between him and me to strong arm him that way. And I had just been experimenting with being listened to and listening to other parents in order to relieve stress and help me think, help them think. So I thought, well, what if I just listened to him? And I showed him the eye drops and I said I have to give you these eye drops now they're going to help your eyes get better and he threw himself back on the bed and cried a whole lot and um, 40 minutes later after every time he would slow down I would just say are you ready for the eye drops no I need to put them in and he'd cry some more after 40 minutes he looked at me and he said mommy can I put the eye drops in (laughs) And I just went, what? (laughs) You're two years old. (laughs) But I figured, why not? So I said, sure, you can try. And I, you know, put a couple of drops in the dropper, and I helped him position his hand, and he squeezed the little bulb and got eye drops into one eye, and he splashed one on his nose, so I gave it to him for the other eye, and he, you know, did that eye too, and he got up and dusted himself off and ran off to play and the eye drops were absolutely no problem after that and I just thought wow look at that I mean I was never dreamed a two-year-old could put in their own eye drops and that happened after I'd listened to him for a good long time but was it worth it yes I didn't have to force him I didn't have to dominate him I didn't have to fight with him and he turned out not to be scared at all. He got it all taken care of in that 40-minute cry. So it's a very, very powerful tool. And, you know, what's so interesting about that is so many times children are actually traumatized as youngsters, and parents don't particularly recognize that that could be a traumatizing moment. And had you done what your initial impulse was to do, or your thought was absolutely not your impulse, that really could have created a traumatizing moment for him. Instead, what you were able to create was a moment of connection between the two of you, as well as his own sense of his own competency and self-care. So it's pretty extraordinary. 
Yeah, he became powerful in that in that short amount of time. He became a much more powerful little boy, and uh, there was much less to be afraid of after that. It just you know, when you offload fear and grief that way, uh, it doesn't come back. You know, you may have another layer to work on, but it it doesn't come back. The work you've done stays, and that's something that's unusual in parenting. So many parents are giving their children timeouts or telling them what to do and how to do it. And when you do that, they're not learning. Um, they're just trying to, you know, not be punished. And um, come the next day, they're doing the same darn thing again that doesn't really make sense, and you have to tell them again and again and again. And it wears on the parent-child relationship because it feels like children don't want to listen or don't don't know how to learn when actually what's happening is that two people, parent and child, aren't connected and that listening creates that connection. And sometimes when you're listening and trying to make a connection, feelings need to pour out. And after those feelings have poured out, um, things are 100% better between you and the child can think again. I would like to share uh, with the audience what I thought was a... A, a fairly elegant way of thinking about what you and I are talking about and what your book, Listen, Five Simple Tools to Meet Your Everyday Parenting Challenges is about. You say, with zero fanfare and a million interactions, you build your children's character. Their sparkle, their curiosity, their vigor would wither without the heart you put into your moments with them. Such a lovely way to explain the power of those, what many parents might see as unimportant interactions. Yeah. I think the the work of parenting is so de- devalued, so undervalued in our society. Everybody thinks you should be able to parent like you should be able to roll off a log. And it just, it's very complex work. It takes it takes all that we have. It takes our love, our patience, our thinking, our studying a situation. It takes our moral fiber. Um, you have to answer when you're parenting children all kinds of questions about, you know, what is the purpose of being here on earth? You know, why do people die? What What is worthwhile in life? I you know, what is, what is good between people? Um, what are the kinds of you know, behavior we want to avoid. Um, you know, just there's so many things we need to think about and explain and so many challenges every day to overcome that um, it's, I think it's just very important to understand that there is no throwaway interaction between parent and child. Everything we do teaches something. Without commenting on a particular event in the news or a a particular comment by any politician, I, I wonder how you would guide parents to respond to children when they are exposed to any number of the potentially disruptive, disappointing, or uh, scary 
experiences or comments that children may be exposed to in the media. How, how would you recommend, or is there a particular way that you would guide parents to approach those kinds of conversations with their children? I think one of the first things I would say is that we grown-ups get fascinated with bad behavior, harmful, harmful behavior, hurtful behavior, and so we watch it on the news, and that is really how how news is sold. Um, and I just think that very careful um, supervision about how much news infiltrates the family is appropriate. So for one thing, turn off the spigot uh, when you can, because children don't need to be exposed to all of this discouraging stuff. It's in a way, it's sort of repeated over and over and over again, and most of it does not directly touch our lives, although it does directly discourage grown-ups. Um, but we don't want our children to be discouraged before they can even handle or understand the reasons for the events around them. So that's one thing. And then when they come home kind of parroting um, behavior that they've seen, um, we need to understand that as they do that, they are trying to get our help with little behavior memes, you could say, little little behavior recordings that they've seen and that just don't sit right with them. So, you know, children who watch a lot of cartoons or violence on TV will try to, you know, play the superhero and take out their pretend knife and do their karate chops and... Um, what they're trying to do is just show you that this behavior has fascinated them. And often fascination indicates that there's fear underneath the surface. And it's very helpful to children to have you playfully respond. So um, I've spent probably thousands of hours doing, you know, playful, trying to capture, a, you know, a superhero or trying to capture a karate guy or trying to, you know, just falling down and going, oh, you got me when somebody gives me a playful karate chop so that they can laugh. It's like when you find a way to in to get laughter going in play in which children are kind of trying out the behaviors that they've seen, um, that releases some of the tension. It releases their fascination with that behavior over time. And um, it shows that you still like them, although they have this funny little fascination with X, Y, or Z behavior, you know, with Ariel, the, you know, the mermaid, or, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> with Barbie dolls or whatever. It's like, you know, it, it, if you can go towards it and be interested, it's much more helpful to children than if you say, you know, okay, no more of that. This is too loud. I can't handle it. Um, so when you can, you want to go towards it and see if there's a way to turn it into play. Interesting. And, you know, as you mentioned, cartoons, even the cartoons that are considered to be okay for children can be pretty dicey in terms of the violence. Yes, um, they can. So uh, cartoons are full of violence. It's, and It's kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we are a society that is really hung up on violence. And um, I don't know, I think there are actions in our past um, that we have not actually turned and faced and healed from, you know, tremendous violence in the, in the history of our country that has not really been acknowledged or, um, I don't know, we just haven't healed from being descended from people who have done harm to others right here in the United States. Um, and it's, it, it weighs on us in, in certain 
ways. One of the things that you say also um, early in Listen is the fact that parents need to be aware of the fact that they are doing their best and oh, that yeah. they need good support. And I think of all the parents and all the the societal cues that invite parents to feel guilty about one thing or another or to feel shame about one thing or another and you very early on tell parents wait a minute you're doing your very best can you speak more to that sure i i just think that each of us especially when we have a child just we what we want is the very best for our child and unless we are you know unless our minds have been altered by you know addiction to drugs or you know unless we're under tremendous you know social stress um, we come through for our children in ways that our own parents could never come through for us. We just do, we do an improved job even without, you know, any special support. But I think the moments when we lose it with our children, the moments when we are harsh or just can't cope with the behavior that they are showing us, um, even in those moments, we are still doing our best. We are still trying really hard to figure it out. Um, but with, if, if your mind is sort of halfway shut down with stress, it's really hard to access, you know, the, the, your better judgment, and it's hard to access any shreds of patience. And so I think after, I mean, I, I really have listened to parents for tens of thousands of hours um, over the last 40 years of my life and I have really never met a parent who wasn't really trying hard and who didn't love their child immensely you know no matter how um, hobbled they might be by the circumstances that they're in and so my assumption is if you're having a difficult time um, support is the appropriate response you know not not blame or shame and that we, we do have feelings about the mistakes we make and the awful moments we have with our children. And that, I think the one thing to do with those regrets is just to cry about them so that they don't sit on our shoulders forever, just to cry and cry and cry about the, the bind we have found ourselves in. Um, and it's a bind every time. Either you don't know enough or you don't have enough support or you are just crazed with stress for legitimate reasons, no one has come and helped. And um, we have a responsibility to change our behavior, the behavior that we do when we go nuts. Um, that it's our responsibility to figure out how to change it, but I don't think that um, there's any parent that doesn't have moments like this. We all share the fact that we go nuts around our children sometimes. And... Um, so it, it's it's so helpful. One of the things we recommend to parents is that they start listening partnerships, that they listen to one another in order to offload that stress, in order to think more clearly, in order to feel better about themselves and about their children. Um, you just get rid of the, the negative feelings so that some positive feelings can flow back in. And um, what, what we find is that having a chance to release the regret that you have really helps parents change their understanding of their own goodness. It helps you remember that you are good, that you did the best you could, that you got caught in a terrible bind. 
And um, I think that's good for all of us. The less time spent feeling bad about ourselves and the more time spent playing and connecting with our children. Patty Whipfler, co-author of Listen 5 Simple Tools to Meet Your Everyday Parenting Challenges. Just before the break, you mentioned your co-author. Tell us a little bit about her. Well, she's a mother of three boys. Um, She enjoys her boys tremendously. Um, She also puts a lot of verve into her writing, and uh, so she's someone who has done blogs and is writing has written parent articles on a regular basis for newspapers and she came to one of my support groups um, about 10 years ago and she was under a lot of stress at the time uh, one of her children was often sick and there was just a tremendous amount of stress on their family and she found the support group very, very helpful and really stayed stayed with it and really has, she's one of our key trainers at Hand in Hand Parenting now. So, and I really wanted, I, I like to work collaboratively and I trying to write the book, you know, by myself was just not working. So I just asked her to do it with me and we took off and did it. And your co-author's name again is? Tasha Shore. And that the last name is spelled S-C-H-O-R-E. And your last name, Whipfler, just for the audience's information, the last name is uh, W-I-P-F-L-E-R. Patty, listener, listening partners, you talked about that uh, a moment ago. What exactly is a listening partner? A listening partnership is uh, an, a, an agreement, a simple agreement between two people, between any two people really, uh, that they will do a, just a few things. One is respect the other person's intelligence while they're listening, offer the other person warmth while they're listening, even if they don't know them very well, just assume that they are a good, intelligent, um, and and you know, respect-worthy human being, um, and that they will listen and not interrupt, and um, that they will not judge or comment or give any advice, and finally, that they will keep whatever the person says confidential. They won't spread the person's story all over the neighborhood or even tell their partner what they heard in the listening partnership today. It's like you hear it, you think about it, you remember it, you understand it, but you do not spread it anywhere. And this frees parents to go ahead and say what's really on their minds, you know, the, the kinds of thoughts that parents all have almost every day. That gosh darn kid, what is he doing now? Why do we have to go through this again? You know, I've, I just want to shake him. I want to shake him. You know, and just basically the, the thoughts and the reactions that consume us when our children push our buttons. And it's those thoughts and reactions that erode our patience and that make it hard for us to parent the way we would like to. You know, we get caught up in our reactions and then off we go. We're yelling or we're hitting or we're doing time out again, um, even though we've noticed that it really doesn't work. So um, it's, it's a way to offload stress so that we can parent more aligned with our, our intentions and our decisions. And a listening partner is there to offer warmth and respect while we do this so that there's someone connecting with us while we are trying to connect with our own best selves and get the reactions that we have, the emotional content that we 
that our children can trigger so easily from day to day, get that out, out of our way and taken care of. So when a listening partnership is going well, people are not talking a whole lot. They are just having a good laugh. They are contacting the feelings that come up when they get frustrated beyond the beyond and noticing how frustrated they get and just being able to cry about not wanting to be to have their feelings, you know, pulled to that state by their children, not knowing what to do, but just being beside themselves with grief or fear or frustration. So you would see crying, you would see laughing, you would see um, if someone's working on something that was really scary, they might their body might get really hot, they might tremble, they might perspire. It's like those are all signs that fear is releasing. And so when a listening partnership is going well, you are talking, you are noticing what you think, you're kind of following your train of thought, and the other person is right there with you going, wow, yeah, tell me more. And that's really almost all they're saying. And when you're done, when the time is up, um, so say you have an hour, your half hour is up, um, they help you pull your mind away from the things that are you know, emotionally engrossing, and you have share a little chuckle maybe, and then you listen to them. So they get listened to and they can look at their experience and try to figure out how they want to be and what they want to do next. And it turns out that this very simple exchange of listening time can make a huge difference in a parent's life. I think the, you know, the hard things that we go through as parents are indeed hard. We've never done this job before, and here we are trying to figure out how to get a child to sleep at night who is scared to death to sleep by themselves. Or, you know, There's so many problems we have to solve um, that we've never faced before. And, um, but when there is someone who will listen to you about the challenges in your life, then you're not going through it yourself, all by yourself. You're not going through it alone. Someone is appreciating how hard you're trying, and that makes a huge difference. And having someone listen to you while you try to sort your thoughts out means that there's twice the attention on your thoughts, and so you really, your thinking process goes better when someone is listening than it does when you're mulling things over by yourself, because we all get into little ruts, you know, when we try to solve a problem by ourselves. You know, the same thought occurs again and again, and it's not a useful thought. So it's a it's a great um, boon to thinking, to creativity, to figuring out what's the next experiment so you can learn what works with your child. Um, and it's a way that you can get rid of stress right then and there so that you go back more relaxed and more present um, into your family. The idea that you have to actually name the time, you make a point of that. Why is that so important? Because when you slide in and out of paying warm, loving attention to your child, your child actually never knows whether you're going to be there for the next two minutes or not. We, you know, we run answer the phone, we have to go fix the pot that's boiling over, the dog barks and we go see what happened to him. Um, you know, we are, we are, are, to our children, we look like we have ADHD. We are getting interrupted or multitasking many times a day. So special time, you name it. You say, we're having special time. You clear other distractions out of the way. You refuse to answer the phone. Um, you just are there for them. And they get a sense of being protected. 
and having our our 100% attention, and it attunes them to what it feels like to really be connected. So, you know, six months down the line, after special time, you know, twice or three times a week for five or ten minutes, they know what it feels like to feel connected, and they're starting to get, you know, frazzled because their little brother is stepping on their toy and interfering with this and that. They can come to you and say, Daddy, I need special time instead of, you know, socking their brother in the mouth um, for the behavior that's driving them nuts. They notice that they don't feel good. They notice they're out of connection. They come and they ask for what they need. They don't have to hurt somebody to signal that, you know, things are not not right with them. So it it becomes uh, a way that children can be in charge of, you know, keeping that connection going. They can tell you when it's not there and you may trust you to respond, to go well. And when you say just the right thing, the feeling of hurt comes rolling out. So you say, I want your life to go well, sweetie. And your child goes, you do not. You always give him more ice cream than you give me. Every single time, he always gets the best. And they cry and they cry and they cry. And that's the hurt that is healing. They tell you the hurt. You don't argue back. You listen so they can feel it fully. And when they have felt it fully and cried about it thoroughly, um, that hurt is so much less than it was. Patty, please give us a website where our listeners can go to learn more about what you're doing. Sure. We're at handinhandparenting.org. Patty Whipler, co-author of Listen, Five Simple Tools to Meet Your Everyday Parenting Challenges. Patty, thank you so much for your time today. That's a pleasure to be with you, Pamela. Thanks for your great questions. Alrighty. You take care. And folks, thank you for joining us today on this edition of Mind Talk. Mind Talk is brought to you daily as an educational public service. It is not intended to replace any work that you might choose to do with a licensed medical or mental health or other professional. Mind Talk is produced by Jim Brown and 26 by 2 Communications. If you'd like to be in touch with me directly, you can always send an email to Pamela at mindtalk.org. That's M-Y-N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. And, of course, the website is mindtalk.org. And you can go to iTunes and download the MindTalk app. Once again, I thank you all for joining us. And remember, if it's unacceptable, that's exactly what it is. Unacceptable. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.